Michael Swickard here. Welcome to Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Our award-winning Hatch Green and Red Chili, it's brought to you from locally owned farms in Hatch, New Mexico, the chili capital of the world. Now, here in New Mexico, the railroads didn't happen by chance. There was a need for rail cars to haul things that were heavy and to haul them quickly. Hauling by wagon was not economical. A train can do the work of hundreds of wagons much easier and much faster. Let's look at Raton Pass, which is between today's Trinidad, Colorado and Raton, New Mexico. Most of it's in New Mexico. The I-25 freeway runs through that area. After the Civil War, a commercial trader known as Uncle Dick Wooten got the proper charters to build a toll road over Raton Pass. He completed the road in 1866. The trip by stagecoach or wagon was fairly easy compared to other times, but they did have to pay a toll of $1.50 per wagon. And there was a huge increase in traffic on the road after gold was discovered in parts of New Mexico, that area, in 1867. So Wooten had a proverbial gold mine until 1878 when a railroad track was constructed that included digging a tunnel under the Raton Pass summit. It was just too hard to go over it, so they had to tunnel through it. And more on this in just a minute. At the time, this time in 1879, a passenger train with Avery Turner at the helm came through the newly constructed Raton Tunnel and into New Mexico for the first time ever, ever, ever. Before the railroad, all matter of travel and commerce took very patient people. You would travel for at least two weeks by stagecoach if you were traveling from Kansas City to Santa Fe. And that's if the roads were good and there wasn't any roaming outlaws, of which there was a few, but uh, there was a few. Now the railroads made Kansas City to Santa Fe a two-day trip, if that much. Also around Raton, the farmers and ranchers could go to market back east easily, along with the various metal mines that were uh, mining silver and lead, a little gold and other things like that. That ended the quintessential western cattle drive, which could take a month. Now these cattle and sheep uh, were in the market in a couple of days. It was all very interesting, and there was some humor as some of the young cowboys of the area thought they could rope the train by the smokestack and halt it. Uh, no. Those cowboys were pulled off their horses and lost their ropes because they couldn't get their rope off of it. You know, never rope anything you can't get your rope back off of. Well, they lost their ropes, and they were laughed at when they went to town. But that isn't what most people about this time in 1879 discussed. You see, to make the Raton Pass Tunnel, it took drilling through the mountain under the summit. The summit was too high to get up, so they drilled under it. People of that time thought the way to do it was to start on one side and drill through to the other side. Simple, isn't it? But that's not what the engineers did. They started drilling from both sides to meet in the middle under the summit. There was many friendly and sometimes not so friendly wagers that when the tunnel going north hit the tunnel going south, there was going to be a difficulty and not matched up. But no, the engineers of 1879 got it exactly correct. They were within an inch of each other. 
I was talking about the weather the other day. It was hot. How hot was it? Well, the Hatch Valley horned toads were all carrying canteens. That's really hot. So when I'm talking about other years when it's hot, someone asked me the other day how long weather records had been kept in this area. The answer is that detailed weather records have been kept in southern New Mexico for 131 years. It all started in 1892 at New Mexico College of Agriculture and Mechanical Arts in Las Cruces. That's what's known as New Mexico State University now, and is continuing the study and recording of weather. Officially watching and recording weather, well, that's part of research that the college had to do to support their agricultural experiment station, which was created in 1890 in Las Cruces. Now, that was enabled by the Hatch Act of 1887. And a little aside story here, as I've said previously, Hatch the town was named for Colonel Edward Hatch, and Hatch Act of 1879 was from Representative, Congressional Representative William Hatch. The two were not related, but they come together. The Hatch Valley produces, and the research done by NMSU under the Hatch Act, they are all tied together because you needed the research to have the produce. When the college was started two years early in January 1890, they set up the experiment station to research all aspects of farming and ranching in southern New Mexico. One of the important parts of crop research is the weather conditions day by day, including rainfall and also temperatures, wind speed, and the direction of the wind. In fact, these data points were important even to research the growth and general health of livestock. Of course, many people are curious as to the highs and lows each year, the averages, the ad abnormal years. Now, here's something for you. If you were born here in this area, and if you wish to, you can find out what the weather was on the day you were born by checking those records. More history of New Mexico. Most of us know the name Millard Fillmore. He was the 13th president of the United States. He was the son of Nathaniel Fillmore and Phoebe Millard. That's how he got his name, Millard Fillmore. Um, Millard Fillmore was an interesting fellow. Incidentally, there's many uses of the Fillmore name in southern New Mexico, and it is tied to the 13th president. He was the 12th vice president of the United States, and he suddenly became the 13th president when the very popular Zachary Taylor, a major general known as old Rough and Ready, he died suddenly of a stomach disease in July of 1850. So President Fillmore had to finish the last two years of his term. Up first was the Compromise of 1850, which included statehood for Texas and California, along with territory status for Utah and New Mexico. Now this story is just a line or two in a dusty old history book for most people, but there were real passions back then, and one area was the boundary between New Mexico and Texas. People were just about to oil their gun and have at it. The September 1850 legislation fixed the boundary, and there was one proviso that Fillmore vetoed. Most people have not heard about it. There was one proviso that would allow Texas to annex New Mexico lot, stock, and rows of chili if they felt like it. Now, luckily for us, President Millard Fillmore took a look at that, even though he was not from here, and he said no to that one provision 
and um, he allowed New Mexico to become a territory of the United States, which it was for 62 years before it became a state. Perhaps if more people back then had known about the way Millard Fillmore kept New Mexico, New Mexico, and not part of Texas, more people would have named their children Millard. Or they could have thought about it. Thanks, President Millard Fillmore. I sure appreciate New Mexico being New Mexico. So in the, uh, this is Michael Swickard with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, brought to you by the Fresh Chili Company. You can hit subscribe to automatically get these podcasts. One final history point. It's something that you actually will see in southern New Mexico. When the Civil War started in 1861, way back east, South Carolina, there was a push in New Mexico by Confederates from Texas. And they pushed in, had some battles. They made it all the way to Santa Fe and then were rousted out of the state after the Battle of Glorieta Pass in 1862. Now, concurrently, as this was happening, there was a large group of Union soldier volunteers out in California, and they all decided that they needed to get into the war by going to New Mexico, where there were Confederates at that time. And they were called the California Column, or you might have heard them as Carlton's Column. So he brought about 2,300 volunteers to New Mexico to push the Confederates out of the state. Boy, they were going to do it. But the Confederates had already left by that time that his volunteers got here. Now, it was really actually, I understand, a very difficult trip for a reason that you would never have heard about. So reason with me here. What were the men in California mainly concerned with? What brought the men to California? Can you think of why would they go across the United States? And it wasn't the United States then. It was the North American continent to go to California. Oh, yeah, they were looking for gold. Many of them were gold miners. In fact, most of them had something to do with gold mining. And coming across Arizona near Phoenix and near Tucson, the trudging soldiers who were going along were constantly stepping out of ranks and disappearing for a while to go do some gold panning in the streams because there actually was, no one had actually done that yet and there actually was some gold to be had. And it got even worse when these soldiers arrived in New Mexico because New Mexico had lots and lots of gold and silver ore that quite often you could find right on the surface. So the California column helped settle, settle down the lawlessness in New Mexico. And then it caused many of the soldiers to stay in New Mexico to mine for gold and silver. Now, many of the names in the Mesilla Valley you can find are tied back to these men. I'll give you one example. Colonel Albert Jennings Fountain was born on Staten Island in New York in 1838. As a young man, he went to California. And when he got there, he studied law and he became a reporter for a, a newspaper in Sacramento. And when the war started, he joined the 1st California Infantry Regiment and was elected first sergeant of that company. He later became an officer. He came to New Mexico as part of the California Column and liked what he saw when he got here. One thing he really liked, in October 1862, he married Mariana Perez of Mesilla. Now, they had four sons and two daughters. The Fountain family is still here in New Mexico. You will meet 
them. They are still here. And it was all because he came with the California column. And I'm going to write more about Albert Fountain and his strange death on another podcast. I do Wednesday podcast, which talks about people. And I will, and we concentrate on that. I'll talk about Albert Fountain and his strange death uh, another Wednesday. Michael Swickard here with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces. Hit subscribe to automatically get these podcasts. Also, if you have friends <clears throat> who like Hatch Valley Chili stories or Old West history, you can share these podcasts with them by copying the link and emailing it to them, and I would appreciate it. <clears throat> Often when something smells good in a kitchen, and it does in my house, the cook is act asked what's cooking one thing i know for sure is to have a good recipe is a wonderful part of good cooking the fresh chili company has a chili cookbook and it's in two different forms depending on how you like you know your cookbooks you have we have an a paper version of it and we also have an ebook it's called the fresh chili cooking cookbook with hatch chili recipes now, we also have a private group of fresh chili cooking on Facebook, and we post pictures and descriptions of what our customers are doing with our products. I think I even have one there. It has over 20,000 members in the private group who love Hatch Chili, and they share their creations. You can go to Facebook and join that group. And on freshchilico.com website, you can purchase our fresh chili products and you can also get that cookbook just wanted to share that with you there's a local honey with hatch red chili that is great hatch hot honey sweet and spicy they make it by taking regular honey and infusing sun-dried hatch red chili and it is so good it's brought to you uh, such that uh, boy i tell you what i like it on i like it on sourdough homemade biscuits they are so good speaking of sun-dried hatch red chili it is one of the best tastes in the fresh chili company you go find that if you're making pasoli i tell you that is what brings out the taste of pasoli in new mexico one thing that happens when people live in Las Cruces, they can come by our gift shop at 1160 El Paseo Road, Suite D7 in Las Cruces. It is open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Come on by. This is Michael Swickard with Enchanting Stories. Thank you for your time today. We'll always have lots of news and stories about New Mexico. If you have something or someone you want me to talk about, write to me. Michael at FreshChiliCo.com. Michael at FreshChiliCo.com. Have a great rest of your day. Oh, yes, and eat plenty of that good Hatch Valley chili. Like I always say, some chili is good. More is better as long as it's Hatch Valley chili. Bye for now.